0: Let's open our Bibles once again to Psalm 145, Psalm 145. And if you recall, I shared with you that on October the 1st, as I went into prayer, seeking the Lord as to his direction for 2022 and the prophetic word that I was to emphasize everywhere he sends me during the course of that year. And what I heard was this. In 2022, in the midst of more and more chaos and disorder, the hand of God will be open to those who will not be shaken by it, and they will experience unusual, extraordinary, and supernatural provision. I think we ought to lift our hands and say, I receive that. Look at somebody and tell them, I receive that. Tell them, I receive it for myself, and I receive it for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Supernatural meaning above and beyond, not limited to the natural. So don't limit God to natural means. It's wonderful to have a job. Everybody ought to have a job. But don't limit God to your job. Don't limit God to the income that you receive from that job. I've shared this with you before, but I I want to share it again. Every year... Uh, Right after the year ends, we have a board meeting for Jerry Savelle Ministries International, which includes Heritage of Faith. And uh, uh, my board of directors come in from around the country. And we go over all of the progress we've made during the course of the year. Then we talk about the vision for the coming new year. And uh, we celebrate the goodness of God and what he's done. And then after that, Carol and I leave the room. And uh, they have a compensation committee meeting to determine mine and Carolyn's compensation for the coming new year. we don't we're not involved in those meetings. we don't suggest anything to them. we don't tell them we're hoping for. we we don't say a word. And not only that, but over the last I think at least 10 or fifteen years we we have not accepted a raise even though they have been Uh, very generous and uh, very, very uh, uh, considerate of our responsibilities and our accomplishments. But I just haven't needed a raise. And the reason being is because I tell them, and they wait for me to say this every year. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate your kindness. And, uh, but we are fine. We don't need a raise, but thank you for... Uh, desiring to, to give us a raise. And of course, it's all based on reports from my attorney. Uh, we don't just throw figures out there. My attorney does research, surveys, and uh, based on other corporations, the same size, bring in the same amount of income based on what they do for their uh, president, uh, CEO, and so forth. So it's all legal. And... Uh, And once again, we thank them and we say, uh, but we're fine. We don't need the raise. And then they expect me to say this. And I say it every year. Even though this may be my salary from JSMI, it will not be my income. Because my income is not based on my salary. My income is based on my giving. And every year, and I can prove it. Every year, my income far exceeds my salary. Why? Because I'm a giver. And I don't just give occasionally. I, I live a lifestyle of giving. Amen. Living to give. Now, a lot of people, they want that kind of results, but they don't do what is necessary to produce it. I mean, you know, people that don't even tithe. Oh, did I step on toes? People that don't even tithe. All God is asking for is 10%. You get to keep the other 90. What is hard about that? Well, I just can't afford to. No, the truth is you can't afford not to. Because if if you refuse to tithe, then you're just saying, you're as much as saying, uh, I don't need supernatural help. Amen. I can do it on my own. No, you can't. Not in the world we live in today. (laughs) Amen. How many of you noticed things have changed? This is not the world we lived in a short three years ago. Things have changed drastically. Changed, and you need supernatural help. You need you need to be linked to the supernatural, and tithing does that. Hallelujah. He said, "I'll open the he- windows of heaven." Amen. Prove me in this. See if I won't do this. Amen. <clears throat> so, giving must become a lifestyle. Now, I understand when you have some hard times. But if you have hard times, do something. Don't just not give. Because the Bible makes it very clear in Proverbs chapter 11 that if you withhold when you should be giving, it leads to poverty. That's not first Jerry, that's Proverbs. Amen. If, you, if you're withholding when you should be giving then you're going to end up in poverty or lack and won't. Amen. But then it says right before that, but he that scattereth, increaseth. One translation says, it is possible to give it all away and yet become richer. Hallelujah. This is good preaching. I wish you'd respond a little better. Amen. Look at somebody and say, that is good preaching, isn't it? Now, we talked about uh, unusual, extraordinary, and supernatural provision. Supernatural meaning, once again, above and beyond, not limited to the natural. Look at somebody and tell them, I will no longer limit God to the natural. And then extraordinary means highly unusual, exceptional, remarkable, outside the natural order of things. And then uncommon, rare, not often seen in this manner, and not frequent. Now, God is telling us he's going to open his hand. The open hand of God always represents provision. We'll see that in Psalm 145 once again. We've, we've laid that foundation, but since some of you were not here, I'm just going over some of the material we've already covered But we're going to get into something today. Oh, hallelujah. You're going to like it. I've already preached to myself three times and I gave myself an offering. It was so good. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, notice here rare, not often seen in this manner, not frequent. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 from the writings of the Apostle Paul. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. So there are some things we haven't yet seen. There are some some ways that God will bless us in which we have never experienced quite this way before. Hallelujah. So don't don't limit God to how he's done it in the past. Don't limit God to who he used in the past to meet a need in your life. <clears throat> Amen. You know, I, I've had Brother Copeland over the years uh, would say to me, uh, Jerry, forgive me. Uh, God impressed upon me to, to do something for your ministry and, and I, I I just I haven't fulfilled that yet. And I want, to, I want to do this. And he blessed me with a financial seed to the ministry. Now, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful gift. But I don't look to Brother Copeland every time because he's not my source. Amen. Oral Roberts, Evelyn and Oral Roberts used to send us every year at this time. They wrote, they wrote us a letter, handwritten letter, and they put in an envelope with that letter Money for us to take our family to a Christmas dinner every year every year for like 20 years I still have those letters I still have the money that was in them I've never spent it I told Richard or Roberts and Evelyn Roberts son I said Richard I have never spent that money that your daddy sent me he said I can tell you right now it didn't come out of daddy's billfold. He don't have any money. It came from Mama. <laughs> She's the one with the money. He got it from her. I said, Well, Evelyn's money's still in that letter. And I have it in my archives. I'm not going to spend that money, that oil that Evelyn Roberts sent me. But I don't look to them. Of course, they're in heaven now. But I didn't look to them as my source. Amen? I don't I don't look to to, to other people that have uh, been used by God to bless me. I don't always look to them as my source. Why? Because that would be limiting God. Not only that, but if you, if you start doing that, then you'll start picking somebody that is most likely and most capable of doing it. You start checking out the shoes they wear. Mm, nice suit. (laughs) He could probably help me out. (laughs) But I've had God use people that in the natural didn't look like they had two quarters to rub together. Amen. 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 One lady one time showed up in an elevator in downtown hotel Fort Worth while we were all going to our room. And she was in a jogging suit. She didn't have a purse in her hand. She didn't have a Bible in her hand. It just looked like somebody that was staying in the hotel, and maybe they went out for a walk. And Happy and Jeannie Caldwell and and Carolyn and I and Jess and Kathy DePlantis, it was after an evening service at the Believers' Convention. We're all in the elevator going to our room. And the doors were almost totally shut, and two little hands squeezed through the doors and, and tried to open them. And I pushed the button to open and the elevator opened, and this lady came in, and she turned and said, thank you. And then she turned, she pushed the button to her floor, which was a floor a little bit lower than the ones we were on. And she just stood there. And when the door opened, she started out, and then she turned around and said, God told me, Brother Jerry, God told me this would happen here. And then she walked off. before Almost before I could say thank you. And she handed me a check. And everybody's looking at me. Inquiring minds want to know $30,000. I would have never in my wildest dreams thought that that lady would have been uh, used by God to meet a need in my life. Now, if I'd have been trying to help God out... (laughs) I might have picked somebody in the meeting that's sitting on the front row. You know, well, alligator shoes. Brioni suit. But I'm not going to do that. I learned a long time ago, don't help God. He doesn't need your help. All he wants is your faith. Say amen, somebody. All right, now, notice once again, there are things that we haven't seen we, there are things that we haven't even heard about yet. Things that haven't been conceived in our heart. Now, the Amplified Bible says, God has made and keeps ready for those who love him. Made and keeps ready. Yeah. Say that with me. Keeps ready. Keeps ready. So, so once again, that would imply that we haven't received all that God has for us yet. There's still some things that he's keeping ready. Hallelujah. I like, I like the thought of that. That God has some things that have my name on it. That he's keeping ready for me. And at the right moment, he'll release them. Hallelujah. That, that'll cause you to go to bed at night with a smile on your face. That'll cause you to wake up in the morning with a dance in your step. Could this be the day that God will release some things? That he's made ready for me. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm jumping way ahead of myself. This past Friday. Just this past Friday. <laughs> said it was Thursday. Thursday, Thursday. 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 Okay. That's even better. A day earlier. (laughs) Just this past Thursday. God released something that he'd made ready for me. And the first time that it happened. It took 40 years for it to happen. This time when the Lord said to me on October the 1st. I will open my hand. And begin to expect to experience unusual extraordinary and supernatural vision, that was October the 1st. Last Thursday was December the what? 16th. October 1st, December 16th. Just a little over three months. What took 40 years before took three months this time. And it was good. Just like Genesis says, everything God created, it was good. Amen. Some of you want to know what it was. Oh, I'm glad you asked. A million dollar check to the JSMI. Hallelujah. The first time it happened, it took 40 years. I confessed it for 40 years. This time, three months. Is God not accelerating things? I got proof now. Hallelujah. Woo glory. Tony, sit your home. Run for me. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. I'm feeling better already, Tony. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, my, my, my. That's the second part of that prophetic word that it will be supernatural unusual extraordinary provision and that God is accelerating things and he's going to provide for us unstoppable momentum yeah. hallelujah and that's what we're going to get into in just a little bit i couldn't i couldn't wait to tell you that <laughs> hallelujah Do you know what a million-dollar check looks like? He's got a lot of zeros. In fact, when I first saw it, I did a double take. Hallelujah. Didn't I tell you 2021? Abundant overflow. 2022? Open hand of God. Unusual, extraordinary, supernatural provision. Hallelujah! Well, nothing ever like ever, ever happens to me like that. Well, change your ugly attitude, did that might help. Hallelujah! I'm still going to preach a sermon about. Do you think it's time for an attitude change? I haven't forgotten that. I've already got my notes on it. It's coming up. Okay. All right now. The Amplified says, God has made and keeps ready for those who love him. The Message Translation, listen to this. No one has ever seen or heard anything like this, never so much as imagined anything quite like it. Then the Passion Translation says, things never discovered or heard of before. Things beyond our ability to imagine. And then verse 10 from the Passion Translation, profound realities. And the word profound means far-reaching, unfathomed. And who can expect this? Those that love God. Are there any God lovers in the house today? Hallelujah. Begin to expect it. Can you say amen? Now, Psalm 145, just a couple of verses here, beginning in verse 14. The Lord upholdeth all that fall. Raiseth up all those that be bowed down, the eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. So once again, notice when God opens his hand, what happens? Provision. Provision. That's what the open hand of God is symbolic of. Now, another translation says, You alone provide, O Jehovah, and you do it liberally with an open hand. One commentary says, The living God has suitable supplies at hand, and these he gives until satisfaction is achieved. Amen. Another translation says, The Lord opens his hand and gives bountifully all things to enjoy. Still another translation says, and satisfies everyone with favor, goodwill, and loving kindness. Get ready, get ready, get ready for more manifestations of the favor of God. Hallelujah. Which happens to be my favorite message? Favor. Look at your neighbor and say, I got it. (laughs) Now, another translation says, or the Passion Translation says, when you open your hand it is full of blessings. When you open your hand, it is full of blessings. Hallelujah. Now Ezekiel chapter 34 verse 26 talks about showers of blessings. Showers is defined as a sudden downpour. A sudden downpour. Get ready, folks. I don't know how to say it any other way, but get ready. Amen. Expect it. Hallelujah. Am I the only one in here expecting this? Hallelujah. Expect it. God's no respecter of persons. He will respond to your faith the same as He would respond to mine. Amen. Now, another meaning of the word profound. is abundantly lavishly the benson commentary says for ezekiel 34:26 that god is telling his people listen to this i will give you remarkable instances of my favor and the joy and the happiness which flows from it there will be blessings in great abundance there will be blessings in great abundance Glory to God. What a way to go into 2022. Isn't this a whole lot better than my sermon title being, Nobody Knows the Trouble We'll See"? Oh, there's trouble? I already told you the first sermon I preached on this, that the Lord told me, that there is going to be more and more upheaval. There's going to be more and more chaos. It's all prophesied in the Bible, right. folks. Like it or not, we are in the last days. That's not the last of the last day, but we're this close. <laughs> the last of the last days. There will be chaos. There will be trouble. Perilous times, the Bible says. But the Bible also says continue in the things which you have learned. In other words, what you've learned up to now that got you over in the past will still get you over. Hallelujah. This is not the time to let go of your faith. This is not the time to quit believing in favor. This is not the time to, to no longer exercise your God-given authority. Those are all things that you learned in the early days of your Christianity. Stick with it. Keep practicing them. Keep acting on them. You're going to make it. Hallelujah. God is going to see to it. You make it if you do what he says to do. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Verse 28, they shall dwell safely and no one shall make them afraid. That's Ezekiel 34, verse 28. They shall dwell safely and no one shall make them afraid. And then verse 30 says, they shall know that I, the Lord their God, are or is with them. And then one final commentary says this. God will disquiet all fear and anxiety in the midst of all the disorder and the chaos. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and just thank God right now. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Now, go with me to Numbers chapter 11. Talking about the hand of God. There's a question here. That God asked Moses. In verse 23. Is the Lord's hand waxed short? Is the Lord's hand waxed short? What does that mean? The Benson commentary says. Has the divine power of God been diminished? Answer the question. What has God not done yet to convince you that his power is always unlimited? What has he not done yet to convince you that his power is always unlimited? I wrote in my notes. Why do men seem to fail or fall into the thinking that there are certain circumstances... In which God's power is simply not enough. Why do men think that way? Well for one reason. They get away from the Bible. They're watching CNN too much. Okay. That didn't go over well. Moses is telling them. That their God is still the almighty God. And he will soon prove it to them again. Notice what it says. And the Lord said unto Moses. Is the Lord's hand waxed short. Thou shalt see now. Whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. Notice what God is saying. Has my power been diminished? Well I'm about to prove it. That it hasn't. And notice he says. Now. (laughs) Thou shalt see now. Whether my word shall come to pass. Unto thee or not. We are about to see. If this prophetic word the Lord has given me. Is truly from God. And whether or not it will come to pass. Now it's already happened to me. I appreciate God doing things like this to verify the message. Because if I preached all year in 2022, that God's going to open his hand and provide uh, unusual, extraordinary, and supernatural provision, and I never experienced it. Mm -hmm. Then a lot of people wouldn't receive it. They wouldn't accept it. But God always verifies what He says to me with signs following. Hallelujah. He's already done it. And it's not even 2022. I can hardly wait to January the 1st. Glory to God. All right, now listen to this. One commentary says, The Lord's hand is no less powerful nor less able to do great and glorious miracles. God is saying, I'm still able to make good my promises. I will do what I said I will do. Look at somebody and say, and that includes, he will open his hand and unusual, extraordinary and supernatural provision Will take place in my life. God said it. That settles it. Hallelujah. That's the way I feel about it. God said it. And that settles it. Somebody say. Well wait a minute brother Jerry. That's what you said. Well do I have to prove. After almost 53 years of ministry. I can hear the voice of God. There are hundreds of thousands, millions possibly around the world that say, I do. In fact, there are churches all over the world that eagerly await to hear what God says to me. And then they start preaching it to their congregation. And I learned a long, long time ago. I learned a valuable lesson a long, long time ago in the early 70s, about 1976. If you're not completely, totally sure that God said it, then don't say it. Because that happened to me one time. I said, the Lord told me. And while I was telling the people, the Lord said, I didn't say that. I said, excuse me. I turned my back on him. I said, Lord, you didn't say that. He said, no, that's what you thought. I said, Well, what do I do now? He said, Tell them it wasn't me. I said, Couldn't I just go on preaching? He said, No, tell them it wasn't me. I said, Well, Lord, what are they going to think of me? He said, They'll think more highly of you for being honest. So I told the people, Folks, I apologize. I thought this is what God said, and He just told me it wasn't, it was my own opinion. And I apologize, and I promise you, I will never, ever again stick up my finger and say, thus saith the Lord, if I'm not completely, totally sure it was God. And so far, I've never had to make that same apology. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord's hand is no less powerful nor are no, no less able to do great and glorious miracles. Now, it goes on to say in this commentary, in a short time, God speaking, you will see that I am still able to do what I said I will do. It will come to pass. In a short time. Keep, keep that in your thinking. Maybe just write it in your notes. In a short time. He wrought miracles for them in Egypt. He did wonders for them in Egypt. He divided the Red Sea for them. He rained down manna from heaven for them. He smote the rock so that water gushed out. He furnished for their flocks and their herds. And now he's saying, can I not still do this? My power has not diminished. Consider this regarding whatever your needs might be right now. Think about how he has brought you through in the past and then ask yourself, can't he still do it again? He's telling us, I was unlimited then and I'm unlimited now. Now, let me give you a little bit of history about this question here and this chapter. There were... There there were people traveling with the children of Israel. They were considered foreigners. Okay. And they had mixed in with the children of Israel. And I'm just going to read from this commentary. These were the ones who began complaining. And even... began to spread discontent through the camp. Moses began to feel that the responsibility of looking after this great multitude of people had become so overwhelming, he went to God about it. God didn't rebuke him. He just reminded him that he was still the same God and that he still possessed the same power and ability that had seen them through in the past. Now, the point that I believe this is making Be careful of who you fellowship with. Not everybody is going to be excited about the prophetic word you're holding on to. Be selective of who you share it with. Be careful of non-believers, and I'm including... Some Christians (laughs) invading your camp. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says, Be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. The message translation says, Be like those who stay the course with committed faith and then get everything promised to them. They stay the course with committed faith. Amen. Follow people like that. If you don't know anybody else, (laughs) duh. Committed faith. That's my wife. I'm committed faith. Ask anybody who knows me well. I'm committed faith. Hallelujah. Now, God hasn't changed and His hand has not been shortened. His power has not been diminished. Okay. Now, for the good stuff. I'm through with my introduction. That was all good stuff, but here's what I really wanted to tell you today. Now remember, I want to read it again. In October the 1st, the Lord said to me that your Your theme throughout 2022 will be this, that I will open my hand and unusual, extraordinary and supernatural provision will come to those who will not be shaken by all the chaos and the disorder that is happening around them. He went on to say, and it will be a time of divine acceleration and unstoppable momentum divine acceleration, an unstoppable momentum. It's been said that divine acceleration is the supernatural ability of God to bring his plans, his purposes, and his will to pass at a much faster rate. Okay? Now, let me make it very clear. This is not, and I'm not suggesting that you no longer be willing to stand Having done all to stand, stand, the Bible says. I'm not suggesting that you no longer become willing to stand. I am suggesting take your faith to a higher level. Amen. I'm willing to stand if it takes forever. I learned that from Kenneth Hagin 50 years ago. If you're willing to stand forever, then it won't take very long. That's what he used to say. If you're willing to stand forever, it won't take very long. And I used to say back in those days, my name is Jerry, having done all to stand, stand Savelle. My middle name, having done all to stand, stand Savelle. I learned how to stand. And sometimes I stood for 10 years, I stood for 20 years. I stood for 40 years. I have proven to God time and time again, I am willing to stand if it takes forever. However, if he says it is time for divine acceleration and unstoppable momentum, then I'm going to take my faith to another level. Anybody with me today? All right, now, let's go to Amos, chapter 9. Amos, chapter 9. Did somebody take Amos out of my Bible? Oh, there it is. Look at verse 13. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper, And the treader of grapes, him that soweth seed. And the mountains shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. Now notice he's talking about supernatural or divine acceleration. Now let me read it to you from the message translation. Yes, indeed. It won't be long now. Things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings. Everywhere you look, blessings. Hallelujah. You got that up there? Come on, let's read it out loud together. Yes, indeed. It won't be long now. God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings. Blessings. Everywhere you look, blessings. Everywhere you look, blessings. Hallelujah. That sounds like Deuteronomy chapter 28. Blessings coming in, blessings going out, blessings in the city, blessings in the field, everywhere you look, everywhere you walk, everywhere you go. Blessings, 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 blessings. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Somebody shout, I receive it. This is where we're headed. Unstoppable momentum. We're in it. Hallelujah. You're being positioned. Uh, you're being positioned. By God right now. For divine acceleration. Hallelujah. Get ready. To experience more and more suddenlies. In your life. A supernatural surge. Of. And a supernatural moving forward. Expect this. Talk about it. Amen. Talk about it. Talk about it in your home. Talk about it with your your family. Talk about it with those of like precious faith. Amen. Now, let's go to the book of John chapter 2. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read this entire story. But you remember, this is the first miracle of Jesus. He turned water into wine. First miracle of Jesus. And I think it's interesting. Jesus' first miracle included divine acceleration. His first miracle. Now, John also tells us at the close of the book of John that if all the miracles that Jesus did were recorded, I suppose not all the books in the world would hold them. So we, we find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John many of the miracles he performed while he was here in the earth, but not all of them. Amen. Amen. But the very first miracle had to do with divine acceleration. You say, well, what what makes you say that? Okay, let me just give you some facts. The Bible says they ran out of wine, which was a major social mistake and could shame the couple for a long time. Remember, this is at a wedding. For the host to fail to provide adequate Hospitality, food and drink was a great dishonor. When Mary said to Jesus, they have no wine, he told the servants to take the six water pots and fill the water pots with water. You remember the story here? It's in John chapter two. He began his first miracle applying Divine acceleration. The water was immediately turned to wine as they poured it into the cup of the governors at the feast. Now listen to this. In order for wine to be produced, you have the growth and the ripening of grapes, the crushing of them in proper vessels, and then the fermentation. But here, all these took place in a moment. place in a moment. Right. Come on. Now I have friends that live out in California where they, they, they have vineyards and I've asked them about this. How long does it take from the moment that is planted until it becomes wine? It's not a slow process. Okay. Now some experts say this, I'm not an expert on wine, but I can read. Making wine is a long, slow process. It can take up to three years to get from the initial planting to the first harvest. And then it might not be bottled for another two years after that. Some authorities even say that it can take from four to eight years. From the time it's planted until the time it's ready to drink. Four to eight years. Whichever one, four years, eight years. Makes no difference. Jesus made it happen in moments. His first miracle, divine acceleration. Oh, gosh. Something just ran up and down my legs. <laughs> His first miracle, divine acceleration. And the Bible says this was the beginning of miracles. Now, C.S. Lewis, anybody ever heard of C.S. Lewis? He wrote a book many years ago called Miracles, and he made this statement. Jesus short-circuited natural process. I like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you keep reading this story, I think it's also interesting that Jesus told the servants to fill all six water pots with water, which held anywhere between 20 to 30 gallons each, and they were filled to the brim, the Bible says. Once it was turned into wine, it was much more than a wedding party could consume, Approximately 120 to 180 gallons of wine. He not only demonstrated in his first miracle that he could divinely accelerate things, but he could also provide more than enough. Hallelujah. divine accelerate things and he can provide more than enough. Now that was his first miracle. Divine acceleration and proving he's the God of more than enough. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a shout to Praise God. Amen. Now, can we expect breakthroughs to happen quickly? Amen. Well, we certainly can in a season of divine acceleration and unstoppable momentum. Now, I'm going to give you several examples here. And I'm not going to turn to them and read them. But I'll just give you uh, the, 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 the meat of it, so, so to speak. In John chapter 4, verse 43 through 54... There is a story. Man, let's go there. We got time. John 4, beginning in verse 43. Now, after two days, he departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. And when he was coming to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast. For they also went unto the feast. And uh, we'll drop down a little bit. And uh, there's a nobleman in Capernaum, in verse 47, when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down And healed his son. All right. For he was at the point of death. And it goes on to say in verse 49. Then the nobleman saith unto him, sir, come down, ere my son should die. And Jesus saith unto him, go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken. That's key. That's key. Jesus believed or the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken how many of you believe this morning that these are times of divine acceleration and unstoppable momentum he believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him and he went his way and as he was now going down his servant met him and told him saying thy son liveth thy son liveth He inquired what hour when he began to mend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus had said unto him, Thy son liveth. Notice that. Jesus said, Your son liveth. And the man was not present with his son when Jesus said it, But on his way back home, a servant met him and said, your son liveth. He said, when did it happen? The same moment that Jesus said it. Can we not expect the same results? It was the same hour in which Jesus spoke that the man's son was healed. In Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 13. It says, immediately the leprosy departed. Come on. Immediately. Everybody say, immediately. Amen. The leprosy departed. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. The servant was healed in the self-same hour. Yes. And that word self-same hour means the exact same hour. Yes. Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 29 straightway talking about the woman with the issue of blood straightway the woman with the issue of blood was healed the message translation says the moment she touched his robe the flow of blood dried up Amen. notice immediate results immediate results mark 7: 31-35 straightway the man's ears were open and his tongue was loosed Jesus healed a deaf, and dumb man. The message translation says the man's hearing was clear and his speech plain, just like that. Just like that. Do this. Just like that. Get get ready to give this testimony. Say it with me. I just experienced Unusual, uncommon, extraordinary, supernatural provision just like that. Hallelujah. Say it again. I just experienced unusual, extraordinary, supernatural provision just like that. Hallelujah. Now, There are many, many more examples of immediate results proving that Jesus is able to make things happen immediately. Just like that. And if he could do it then, why can't he still do it? You know the reason we don't see it more? We don't expect it. Now, once again, I'm not telling you, you're not going to have to stand I am telling you, God's speeding up the process. You're not going to have to stand as long as you have in the past. Be willing to stand. If it takes forever. But I'm telling you, it's not going to take forever anymore. Just like that. Hallelujah. Now, Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever forever. The message translation says Jesus doesn't change, and the Amplified Bible says He's always the same. Yesterday, today, yes, and forever, to the ages. That would have to include the age in which we live. Come on, the prophetic word. God will open His hand, and unusual extraordinary supernatural provision will take place and divine acceleration and unstoppable momentum. Now, Jeremiah chapter one, verse 12 says this, God speaking, I will hasten my word to perform it. I will hasten my word to perform it. The word hasten. Oh, I love this definition move at a high speed. That really, that really interests me because I like moving at a high speed. Flying back the other day in my Falcon 50, hallelujah, I'm doing over 600 miles an hour at 42,000 feet. Even in a pressurized cabin airplane, my face was going back like this. I like moving at a high speed. And I like it when God moves at a high speed. Hasten. Move at a high speed. Move quickly. Listen to this. Speed up the process. And cause to occur rapidly. That's what hasten means. I will hasten my word. Hang on to that. Jeremiah one twelve. And when you when you decree. And I'm trusting you will decree it constantly not just while you're in church, not just because I ask you to, get it down on the inside of you that this is the basic principle of how faith is released. Say it. If thou shalt say under the mountain. Say it. That this is my season for experiencing the open hand of God and I expect to see unusual, extraordinary, and supernatural provision. I'm expecting divine acceleration and I'm expecting unstoppable momentum. And God will hasten His word to perform it in my behalf. Hallelujah. See the connection here? This is what I do. I'm just telling you the way I live. This is not not just a sermon to me. It's my life. If God says that he can speed up the process, then dare to trust him to do it. And once again, I'm not telling you to no longer be willing to stand, but why not take your faith to another level and tap into divine acceleration? Wasn't Jesus famous for telling people these words? According to your faith, be it unto thee. Now listen to the Passion translation. This one, when I when I read this this morning before coming here, it just exploded in my heart. I had to jump up from my desk and shout a little bit. According to your faith, be it unto thee. The King James says. The Passion translation says, "You will have what your faith expects. You will have what your faith expects." What is your faith expecting today? Hallelujah. Amen. You will have what your faith expects. And how does faith come? Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Then doesn't it stand to reason? If we spend quality time reading and hearing stories in the Bible of examples of divine acceleration, then it would be possible to develop our faith to expect it to happen more and more in our lives. I'm going to read that statement again. Right hot off the press. Then doesn't it stand to reason, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, that if we spend quality time reading and hearing stories in the Bible of examples of divine acceleration, then it would be possible to develop our faith to expect it. To happen more and more frequently in our lives. That's what I plan to do. Amen. One last thought Jesus began his earthly ministry with a miracle of divine acceleration. Could it be that in the last days, just before his appearing to catch away the saints, that it will be a sign of the age? That he will again, he entered his ministry with divine acceleration. Could it be he'll close it out with divine acceleration? Why would I say that? Because God is a God of patterns. God is a God of patterns. Go to Acts chapter 1. We'll close with this. Maybe. Acts chapter 1. God is a God of patterns. Look at verse 11. Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you in heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. What does that say? God is a God of patterns. The same way he left. The same way he's going to (laughs) come. That's a pattern. I I heard Dick Rubin say years ago, and Dick was uh, instrumental in the great move of god and, and revival that took place in uh, brownwood years ago that lasted for a long long time and dick was the one that god used to to usher it in dick used to teach in our bible school here he's gone on to be with the lord now but what a precious man and dick used to say this when the pattern's right the glory falls when the pattern is right the glory falls. Could it be that God is closing out this age with the same way he brought it in? <laughs> Divine acceleration. I choose to believe it. Will anybody else join with me? Come on, let's lift up our hands and praise God for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we receive this This prophetic word coming to pass in our lives divine acceleration unstoppable momentum and the open hand of God providing for us unusual extraordinary and supernatural provision we receive it our faith is expecting it amen and amen give the Lord your best shout